Hey, what's up, Trib? Not much. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. That's good. Uh, in the car for watching, tuning in, Ed. Oh. Okay, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of the Top Rope Report here on TalkShoe.com, Google Podcast, Spotify. I'm your host, Mr. Trivia. And joining me every week, as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, Greg. What's happening, Greg? Hey, what's up, Trev? Not much. So, uh, Friday Night Smackdown is in the books. And we got, um, what, uh, um, what was your take on Smackdown? You're coming in really crappy in my end. Uh, I don't, I... Really? think you asked what I think of SmackDown. Yes. Okay. Yes, All right. And the audio is way off from your face. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I thought... A lot of things are way off from my face. I mean, I thought it was okay. I thought it was, you know, it was good. It was interesting. Um, I mean, I'll get more into it when we go over each match as we usually do when we go over shows. Um, but, I mean, I, I still, I haven't seen anything about ratings or anything. Um, so I'm not sure how they did and, you know, the, the quote-unquote competition for the night against, you know, AEW and what they did on their quote-unquote buy-in on YouTube at 9 to 10. I I knew they were doing something, but didn't know if you really had to buy that first hour or if it was just you go to the YouTube channel and watch it like you do with, you know, AEW Dark or whatever. I, I, I don't know really specifically about that, but, I mean, it was definitely better than last week's SmackDown. Yes, I agree. I, I believe that they had two really good matches, and uh, we'll definitely go over those when we discuss the matches. Oh, okay. Uh, like you had said uh, to me, we were off. We were off the air. Um, one of them, you know, could be in running for match of the year. I mean, that would be tremendous. But um, I thought I thought it was a, a pretty decent show. You know, some of the promos. Stop shows, picking you know, your nose. Had a real good one. I was itching it. It not from you got to watch the things back. It looks like you're digging your thumb up your nose and blocking with your hand. Nope, nope, sorry, but I had an itch on the end of my nose. So, but yeah, I mean SmackDown was. I'm I'm looking forward to Raw tomorrow night to see what they're gonna have uh, as far as Charlotte Flair and Bianca goes, but. You know, I mean, SmackDown was definitely better than it was last week. I definitely agree. So, I mean, it, it, you know, it is what it is with the Crown Jewel coming up on Thursday, which I'm, you know, kind of happy that I get to watch it now instead of watching a replay because my schedule was switched at work. So Yeah, rub it in. Rub but it in. Um, rub it in. I do nothing any day, every day. I just sit here and do nothing. Um, so I was excited for the pay-per-view to be on at noon on a Thursday. be the first time that I'd be able to see one of these, you know, daytime pay-per-views live. And I have a doctor's appointment and will miss all but about 45 minutes of it. 
So. Oh, that's that sucks. Maybe you can go to the doctors for me, and I can watch it, seeing as you're not working. That I, that I would not mind doing. I would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, no, no, you, you, no. <laughs> you, you don't want pieces of skin and muscle and but, stuff ripped off your foot. <laughs> if it's if it's for you, Nug, I'd do it. So. But, I mean, I'm ready to go if you want to start talking about the matches. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're ad the advertised match card um, was obviously a Brock Lesnar appearance, which wound up being the contract signing for their match, a non-title match between Sasha and Becky, the Queen's Crown semifinal with Carmella and Zelina Vega, the King of the Ring semifinal between Finn Balor and Sami Zayn, Naomi versus Sonya Deville, and a tag team street match, um, or street fight between the Street Profits and the Usos. So there was a lot more advertised than I normally remember seeing for SmackDown. There's usually a couple things that they advertise. I mean, in my opinion, um... I think they advertise this much to get interest for people to go over to FS1 and watch it. I'm not sure. Um, but they started off with um, an in-ring promo, the go-home show promo, um, for the first part of Hell in a Cell, um, which was Edge. Do you want to go first, or do I need to take this one first? Um... I'll let you go first on this one. Okay. Um, was the promo... I, I mean, is Edge one of the best go-home... One of the guest, one of the best wrestlers to give a go-home in-ring promotion to really add fire to the feud of his match? Yes. Was he intense? Did you see it on his face and believe that he really, really wants to destroy Seth Rollins, make him pay for the stomping of him, for the going to the house, for every little thing? Yes. Should the promo have gotten an A? Yes. Will I give it an A? No. Will I give it an A minus? What the fuck just happened? Yeah, I don't know what happened. I got my whole Facebook thing just shut off. No idea why. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but as I was the saying, only thing I got oh, you got everything you needed to get. I heard. Um, Will I give it an A? No. Will I give it an A minus? No. Will I give it a B plus? No. I'm going to give this segment a B because it's what we've seen before. We've seen Edge under a spotlight, in a chair, with a microphone, with his shirt on, giving an intense promo with the eyes and the veins popping out of his forehead. We get the same thing every time. So I can't give it what I thought I should give it, or what it deserved to get, 
because it's what I expected. Was it an A segment? Maybe A minus, but I'm going to give it a B. Okay, yes, I, I I definitely agree with the promos for Ed. We definitely do get the same uh, the same stuff from Ed. You know, the intensity definitely. I think what would have made it an A or possibly even an A minus was if there was a little bit of a confrontation between the two of them. I would have made that would. I I I think that would have made the promo even worse. Oh, okay. But I definitely agree with you on that. I definitely gave the promo a B because it's what we expected at this stage with these two going at it, trying to end this feud in a hell in a cell. Even, you know, Seth Rollins came out and he was talking about it as well. And we got the same thing but, from Seth Rollins but as well. The we're not we're not talking about Seth Rollins right now. We're talking about the Edge promo. And I, I definitely agree. Definitely, uh, the intensity was there, the eyes, everything else, so I definitely gave it a B. Okay. Then they went on to the first semifinal. This was for the advancement to the finals of the King of the Ring tournament between Prince Finn Balor and Sami Zayn. You're up first for this one. All right. I, I think this match kind of went as I expected. Um, it was a good match. You know, Sami Zayn lately, Sami Zayn has been uh, putting up some good matches with just about everybody he's been in the ring with. He's a good talent. Unfortunately, he has his reasons for, you know, not going to Saudi Arabia. Um, Finn Balor, he's definitely... Uh, Hungry enough, looking forward to looking forward to winning uh, the King of the Ring as he is, and I, I just thought it was a, a great match. You know, a couple of coup de gras that he didn't perform, and finally, you know, Sammy moved out of the way. But the last one, he was able to to hit him with and got the three count on him. I gave the match a B. Okay, excuse me. Ooh, sorry about that. Um, just I had the. Uh... Cowboys Patriot on the TV on the other side over straight up over here and after an exciting first quarter I'm barely staying awake for the second and beginning of the third quarter um, yeah. what and I'll, I'll agree to disagree a little bit with you um, and I know you said Sami Zayn has recently started performing good in the ring. And that's where I'm going to agree to disagree. He's always performed, in my opinion, good in the ring. He's always been good on the mic. They're just finally giving him a consistent opportunity to show that against quality op opponents. Um, I expected this match to be really good. Um, I think, and it's... I think it's something that eventually, even AEW um, and WWE, what what they have to start doing is finding a way to show complete matches without commercial breaks in them. I mean, unless it's like the AJ Styles-Daniel Bryan match where it goes 45 minutes, so you 
have to throw a commercial or two in there. In in a twelve to thirteen minute match, do you that commercial break really took a lot out of the match? Because obviously they're still going. It's in front of a live crowd. They're not stopping and resting in their corners like it's in between rounds. So for the lose that momentum, I agree with your grade wholeheartedly of a B. I really would have liked to have seen a complete match, and it probably would have gotten a B plus. But I agree with your your grade of a B. Okay. Then after that, we had the well, finally, the debut of Naomi on SmackDown. Um, no, Trev is playing with his phone again. No, I'm just moving it up. I'm just moving it so I can get a better view. That's all. No. All right, I get nervous when you move your phone, even though it's your new phone, so it's not going to kill us because of the other one shutting off on us. But, um, And so, once again, they bring one wrestler out, and then they go to commercial break and bring the second wrestler out, which is another thing that annoys me with WWE. Um, so, she's in the ring, and then Sonya Deville came out um, and she had her microphone and she was dressed in her Friday Night Smackdown black suit um, and said that, you know, she never let her finish that, you know, what, you know, the match, I thought it was going to be some weird stipulation match that Naomi had to have her hands tied behind her back or something like that. But no... That it was a match between Naomi versus Sonya Deville and one of being Shayna Baszler. So right there, I had no interest in the match because you, you knew that 95% of the offense was going to be Shayna Baszler and Sonya Deville was going to maybe get in a shot or two. Um, I gave this match a C-minus. Um, and maybe even close to a D plus because I really was expecting and excited to see Sonya Deville actually compete in the ring. Yep. Uh, I didn't, I didn't like this match at all. I mean, I thought I, I was really looking forward to seeing a good one-on-one -on -one match between Naomi and Sonya Deville. In the back of my mind, I kind of figured I knew it wasn't going to happen, the one-on-one, -on -one, but I was hoping it would happen. Um, was I surprised that she brought Shayna out? Yeah. Um, I really wanted to see how much ring rust Sonya had, if any, from all the time she's been away. I mean, I understand, you know, I'm sure she's been training and just hadn't been sitting home eating bonbons and watching TV all day. I know she's been training, but... I was kind of disappointed in the match. I mean, Naomi is a former two-time champion. What the what the issue they have with her, or what that Sony Deville has with her, I really don't have any idea. I was disappointed in the match. The outcome was, do I want to say it was expected? Well, with those two against her, I would say, yeah, the outcome was expected. I gave the match a D. Okay. 
After that disappointment of a match, we got back to the rebuttal of Seth Rollins to Edge and their Hell in a Cell match. Um, this, I think, Seth Rollins has gotten, in my opinion, to that point in the WWE where he hasn't hit his ceiling. And I don't know where that ceiling is because his in-ring work has been getting better, his um, mic skills and everything has been getting better. Um, I really started to like Seth Rollins when he was a face, and then he kind of... You know, kind of became a little goofy and goopy, and then went away, and now he's back, and I'm really embraced in this heel character. Um, what was it that I had down here? I had a good, um, I guess I didn't have it. Maybe it was something else I wrote down. Um, yeah, well, I didn't, I don't remember the exact comment that I had, and I thought it was really, really, really good, and I thought I saved it on my phone, but apparently I didn't. Um, just his, his promo was even more believable than Edge, the way he stared into that camera, and the main difference in the promos was he walked around while he held the intensity where Edge was sitting down the whole time for his intensity, if that means anything. Um, but I gave his um, rebuttal an A. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, going back to the point made about how Seth Rollins was moving around and Edge was just sitting, it does make a difference because you can tell the, the, the body language. Um, you couldn't really see the body language on Edge because he was sitting down. You just saw the emotion in his face and in his eyes and Seth Rollins Seth Rollins' heel part that he's going to be taken to Raw with him is like the heel role Roman Reigns is playing on SmackDown. It's good. Um, where he comes out with all these outlandish outfits, I have no idea. But yeah, that, that's... <laughs> yeah, I look forward to seeing what he's going to be wearing next. But, uh, well, he'll be in... He'll be in his in-ring gear next, so. His rebuttal was definitely, you know, on target for what he wanted to say. He was definitely uh, into it. He's looking forward, just like Edge. I wouldn't be, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if Seth Rollins won the match. Um, but with that being said, his rebuttal, I gave it an A-. minus. Okay. So then we went from the disappointment, disappointing Sonya Deville Naomi match to the very, very good, almost excellent in-ring promo. Then we went to the Queen's Crown semifinal match. Triv, go for it. Zelina Vega and Carmella. Oh, my God. This was horrible. Um, where do I even start? I, I saw the two in the back. 
you know, all, all chummy gummy. And for some reason, Carmella is in matches that don't last very long. And when she went out and got the, the, the mask and Liv Morgan was holding the mask and wouldn't give it to her and then Selena, she got back in the ring and Selena just rolled her up for the pin. Oh, I, I don't know. This match was just, this was one of those matches that was on the pay-per-view or regardless of, you know, like even on SmackDown. It was definitely a bathroom match. I would have to say it's probably going to be the first grade at given that was, in my opinion, probably a half. Okay. I was, I was highly in, in, in both matches. I mean, it probably went maybe two minutes at most of that, three minutes at most. And I just think, opinion, I think Carmella has a lot more talent along with Selena Vega that, you know, they're, they're showing. And I was disappointed in the match. I, I just I just gave it an F. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to strongly disagree. I think this has been the best match in the Queen's Crown tournament so far. Now, considering... Every other match was a D or a D minus. This was a D plus. So, I mean, it still wasn't good. Um, I mean, the few minutes they did wrestle were, you know, rather competitive. But it was another quick in sequential match in this Queen's Crown tournament. Um, did you need to see Lib Morgan distracting Carmella? Well, maybe to carry on their feud. Maybe because the two of them are going to Monday Night Raw, they can continue their feud over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was... The best of the worst so far. <laughs> okay. You know. After that, we had um, the reversal of the roller coaster. You know, down, up, down, and back up. Um, and it was the street fight for the SmackDown tag titles between the Usos and the Street Profit. It was the street fight um, for the SmackDown Tag Team titles between the Usos and the Street Profits. Um, and this came right after the stupid, which I almost bypassed, um, in-ring segment of, I don't even know what they call it, they Happy Time or something like that, with Happy Corbin... Um, and Madcap Moss, where Madcap Moss tells the dumbest dad jokes that you can ever hear. I'm, I'm, I'm really, 
really sick and tired of them doing these stupid talk shows for no reason at all. I mean, if you're going to tell me you're going to do an in-ring segment with a popular wrestler as the host who maybe is truly injured and can't compete because you want to give them television time, I'm all for it. But that segment, to me, was an F minus um, because I'm really just not liking this Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss duo at all. And then that, I mean, Nakamura and Rick Boogs just walking around the ring, going out the ring, and then Rick Boogs starting to play the guitar along to the um, Street Profits entrance. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, But you go first on the uh, street fight. What a match. I had said earlier that there was two matches that I thought were really good on this uh, on the SmackDown. This was one of them. The Tree Profits are are an amazing tag team along with the Usos. This match could win either way. The street fight was a was a good idea to possibly, you know I mean, I don't know why they would have these guys going at it again because I believe the Street Profits are going to Raw, so we're not going to be having a feud between the two. But it was a very enjoyable match. The things that Montez Ford can do in the ring is just amazing. I mean, to see him jump off the ropes and turn his whole body in midair to do a frog splash, that's that's amazing. Uh, did I expect did I expect the Usos to win? Uh, yeah. Because, you know, I don't think you're going to have the Street Profits win the SmackDown tag titles um, and they're going to Raw. So I would have to say this was one of the two best matches on SmackDown for Friday night. I I gave the match an A. Okay. Um, I will not take credit for this quote, but it's very, very fitting. Um... With this match, the Usos are all-timers, and the Street Profits don't get nearly enough credit for being as truly as great as they are. Um, I'll be the first one to admit, when they came up from NXT to the main roster, I was like, what the hell are these jokers doing on this? You know, with their 
red solo cups and this and that. And I just thought they were going to be another joke of a tag team. I have enjoyably been proven wrong because they are an excellent, great tag team. And they truly, you know, with the extra time that they were given because it was a two and a half hour super SmackDown um, or supersized SmackDown, they were given an, an enjoyable amount of time to do the incredible things that they do. Um, and I, I, I was entertained from, from bell to bell, you know, yeah, there were a couple near pinfalls by the Street Profits, but at no time did I think they were going to win. It was just, you know, how were they going to lose? And it was a clean victory. There wasn't any third person coming down or any weird distractions, so I also gave this match an A. Okay. Then they went, I think, they yeah, they introduced Sasha Banks and then announced that they were going the rest of the show without a commercial break. Then Big Time Bex versus The Boss. Um, and I get to go first with this one. Um, and we had, he, Triv kind of let the cat out of the bag earlier. Um, I had messaged, um, Triv during the match, probably about two thirds of the way through. And I want to say that was the first time I messaged you during SmackDown, um, Friday night at that point. And two things. One was, I was surprised that you were actually still awake. <laughs> you know, it was after 10 o'clock. Yep. But the statement I made, and I, as of right now, I will stand by it. As of right now, comparing this match to any other women's match I have seen this year, this is my match of the year. If we did do a separate women's versus men's match of the year category, this hands down would be my my match of the year. But it could also be in the running for overall match of the year because this match was incredible. Um, the big thing that really made this match incredible is the no commercial break in the middle of an almost 20-minute match. If it was on a normal SmackDown or even a Raw, there would have been a commercial break, which would have taken away from the match. I mean, I'm not saying WWE can afford to do commercial-free half hours every week, but... I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they can figure out how to do commercial breaks in between matches, not during matches. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I definitely gave this match a solid A to borderline A+, depending on how you would give that 97 number um, a rating. If you consider 97 an A, then it's an A. If you consider 97 close enough to being an A+, plus, then that's what it is. 
Yep. And I totally agree with you 100%. I mean, even, even when Bianca was sitting ringside and she hit Becky with her hair on the arm, which kind of caused, I think it caused her to lose. This was definitely, God, in my opinion, match of the year for women as well. I mean, this was just back and forth constantly, bunch of bunch of two counts. And I know we had mentioned before, you had mentioned before on previous episodes that you know sometimes you get a lot of two counts. I mean, th- these two counts were were exciting. Yeah. The ref was like this close a lot of times for a three count for both of them. And without the commercials, it, it made you sit on the edge of your seat wondering how this match is going to turn out between the both of them, which is going to make the triple threat match Thursday all that more better, I believe. I definitely give this match, a, like you said, a very solid A. Okay. Um, and the interesting thing about it is normally in a, you know, coin flip match, the you know, the way you decide who's going to win is who went over on the other on TV loses on a pay-per-view. Well, in the last three confrontations, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, and Sasha Banks have each gone over on the other two. So, you know... A three-way coin toss for a crown jewel. Yep. Then, then with about ten minutes left in the show, we had, I mean, Adam Pierce. Well, you heard him yelling and screaming about tables and chairs, and I almost forgot that they weren't going to commercials anymore at all as they were setting up the ring and everything for the contract signing. Um, go ahead. You're first. Well, uh, this contract signing, was, it, it started out okay. Uh, Roman looked at the contract, handed it to Paul Heyman. He looked at it, you know, as your, as your counsel, I advise you to sign it. it. It's everything you wanted, which kind of made me think that they had a stipulation to this match. Because he was saying, you know, it, it's everything you asked for. It's okay to sign the contract. And then when he gave it to Brock, and Brock just signed right over the top of everything, I really think Brock is is playing up this right, making it look like Paul Heyman's going to go back to Brock Lesnar, which I think might happen, but I don't see it happening at Crown Jewel. I'm glad that this was the first contract signing we've seen without any physicality because it kind of takes a little bit away from the contract signing, but I thought it was, I thought it was a, a, a pretty good segment. Wasn't as, wasn't long as, as long as I thought it would be. You know, Brock was short on the mics and Roman was, you know, kind of short as well, call him a dumbass and a stupid farmer and everything else. And, and because it wasn't as long as I thought it was, I gave it a B. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I mean, two-thirds of the, you know, contract signing was Roman Reigns. 
coming down to the ring and <laughs> standing in the ring, raising the belt over his head with his massive muscle there and, you know, standing and then waiting for Brock to come out. Um, and then Brock comes out and same thing, like you said, he, you know, Adam Pierce gives him the contract and he hands it to Paul Heyman who looks at it and says, like you said, you know, the contract has everything you wanted. Roman Reigns signs it, gives the pen back to Paul Heyman, little things in this thing made it, to me made it a, a really, really good contract signing. He doesn't then hand the pen and contract book back over to Adam Pierce. He throws the pen over his shoulder and gives it to Adam Pierce. It's just the little things that that I I watched Paul Heyman do and, and things like that that added to the segment. You know, to to Brock Lesnar sitting down in a chair and putting his feet on the table, his worn out boots. Not a brand new pair of Jordans or bright, shiny new boots that other people would use. He had his shit kicker boots on. You know, every little thing that went into it. Um, and then the overall, you know, after Roman, you know, called him a dumbass for not even looking at the contract. And he says, well, I looked at the contract earlier with my advocate, Paul Heyman. And then the ear-to-ear -ear grin, you know, and his walking away, and then the look of anger and frustration and confusion on Roman Reigns. I, I gave, this is probably one of the best contract signings they've had in a long time. Even though how short it was, I, I gave it an A-. minus. righty. Okay. My, my, with all that being said, because that was the final part of SmackDown, uh, I would have to say my overall grade. I gave it. A, I gave it a B minus. My overall grade, a B to a B minus. Yeah, I gave it a B. Um, could have been a B plus if it wasn't for those stupid segments and the the women's matches. It would have been a, easily a B plus um, yep. if we didn't have those deep down dives. Right. Wow. So. All right, so that was the uh, our uh, our SmackDown segment. Uh, before we get into Crown Jewel, I'd like to have everybody tune in as you are now and go to my favorite part of the show. I hope it's everybody else's. It's Nuggies News. So, Greg, take it away. Okay, thank you, Trev. Um, we, we've all often talked about um, wrestling superstars that have been let go from WWE and, and where they're going. And we talked about Daniel Bryan, the surprise of Adam Cole, Where's Bray Wyatt going to go? What's happening to Braun Strowman? Well, one um, WWE superstar, well, two superstars, 
um, who some may argue were as big of a loss to the WWE, if not a bigger loss to the WWE, than probably 85% of the people that they had recently let go um, since WrestleMania. The Iconics, who are now known as The Inspiration, has officially signed with Impact Wrestling. Um, they make, I guess they make their debut in some tag team type match. Um, is that a pick six? I don't know. Um, at Bound for Glory, Impact's big, um, WrestleMania type show. Um, so, you know, congratulations to them, um, and, you know, good luck in their, in their future. Um, gotta switch pages here real quick, see what I have over here. Or, in TNA, well, they were tag team champions in... You know, in WWE, I mean, they were, I mean, they were realistically one of the, you know, best tag teams WWE had at the time. And then they split them up and didn't know what to do with either one of them. You know, Peyton Royce never got a push. Billy Kay became a joke and then they decided to release him. Alright, um, well, no, that one doesn't make any sense to do. Did I not save anything? Are you kidding me? Alright, well then we'll go back to the other page. Um, well, that might take too long to go through. Um... One more second, folks. I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. That's one thing I wanted to mention. Um, a congratulation goes out to Kayla Braxton, who has just recently celebrated her five-year anniversary, actually today, her five-year anniversary with WWE. Um, I guess Michael Cole, um, she wrote on Twitter... I just want to congratulate Michael Cole for hiring me on this day five years ago. Everyone go tag Michael Cole today and tell him what a great decision that was. Um, and this is also the third anniversary of the debut of WWE NXT UK. So two um, celebrations to talk about. Um... Within WWE. Impact Wrestling. Um, is going to. For anybody that does get to see Impact Wrestling. On Access TV. Or via a streaming network. Um, former Impact. Wrestler. Star. Daphne. 
um, aka Shannon Spira, will be um, celebrated, and there'll be a tribute to her on the next Impact um, taping that'll air on October 28th. Uh, the episode's called Impact in 60. Um, as many know, she had, you know, passed away at the age of 46. Um, and it was confirmed that it was, um, due to suicide. But, you know, that's where I believe, um, was the last company she wrestled on the professional level. Not that, not that a, uh, independent wrestling promotion isn't considered professional wrestling, but, you know, on a major wrestling promotion. Right. I do have AEW's overnight ratings um, for Rampage that went against SmackDown. Um... And they lost 11% in viewers as they only had, where the hell's the number? Well, I don't care about that. It's giving me a .2 rating in Philadelphia, .7 rating in Dallas. But it does say here that they, you know, from the initial Rampage show, it is steadily um, lost viewership each week. So, yeah, sorry, this was something published by uh, Dave Meltzer, so of course it's going to be no direct news. Um... And then we're going to go to my Nuggies rant. And it is, to me, it has to do with the overall, in my opinion, embarrassment of this Queen's Crown tournament. Um, I... To me, it's almost like it's been a total letdown, first of all. And it's almost like WWE just went through the motions with this tournament. A little to bicker about the King of the Ring tournament. When you look at past winners, I mean, Bret Hart, Kurt Angle... Stone Cold Steve Austin, I mean, you're talking historically pretty big names. So, and that was earlier, and I understand that later on in life, you know, and with every tournament, there were, the competition was a little lower level. Understood. But you think with the first ever women's Queen's Crown Tournament, you would have had some better names in the match than they have. 
I, I mean, God forbid if the finals winds up being Zelina Vega and Dewdrop. What in the fuck would we be looking at? Right. Really, really, really at this point hoping that Shayna Baszler does win and then destroys Zelina Vega and then maybe they can do something with her being a queen and getting her pushed. But uh, I just... I just don't know right now. Um, I really think the timing of both of these tournaments, once again, was horrible to do it when they did it and how they're doing it. And then the field in the women's division has been an absolute joke. And as a tournament's been going along, it's become an even bigger joke. And it's shame on WWE for putting together something like this that could have been great and making it such crap. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Come on. Come on. All right. So that's Nuggie's News. All right. Once again, another great segment. Thank you, Greg. Um, for you people who have been tuning in to the show the last couple of weeks, Greg has been asking me the likelihood of certain things to happen on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely I would like to see this happen. Well, I'm going to turn the tables on him there for a minute. I'm going to ask him. Um, I read on a website that was reported not only by uh, Cage Side Seeks, well, Sports okay. Gita as well. Oh, four possible heel face turns at Super Showdown. And I would like to get Greg's opinion on the possibility of these four names. The first one they said was, well, this was kind of obvious because I think this has already happened. But the first one that they say was, Sonya Deville is going to help Shayna Baszler win the Queen's Crown Tournament, making Zelina Vega the ultimate face on SmackDown. Your likelihood on that happening, Greg? Oh, I thought you said this was something about a face and or heel turn. Um, no, I don't. I don't see that happening. I'd say right. on a scale of one to ten, I'd give it a a two. Um, All right. And then, if I would like to see that happen, I would say a negative two. Okay. The second one was, like I said, Zelina Vega becoming the ultimate fan favorite on SmackDown. Oh, so that was a two part. Um, yeah. Oh. Um, no, not at all. I, that, I think the possibility of that is a zero. I don't think she's a good enough character to be the best heel, the best face, the top anything. 
Alrighty. Uh, the other one was Paul Heyman sides with Brock Lesnar in the match with Roman Reigns. The possibility, I'd have to go at this point, I'll say a five because I'd say it's a 50-50 chance that it happens. Now, at, at Crown Jewel? Yeah. Oh, I'd say a three to happen at Crown Jewel. Okay. I think it's going to happen eventually, but not Thursday. So, I definitely agree with you on that. And the last one they say was Kofi Kingston turns heel and causes Xavier Woods his chance to win King of the Ring. See, the only thing about this is we don't know if it's going to be Xavier Woods versus Jinder Mahal. I mean, Xavier Woods versus Finn Balor because he's got to beat Jinder Mahal on Monday. So, I mean, I'd have to give that one an incomplete because that match isn't confirmed. Um, so, I mean, I'll say possibility of a two. Okay. Alrighty. <laughs> In my opinion, I think Kofi K- I, I think uh, Xavier Woods will beat Jinder Mahal. Only because, to me, it seems like they have uh, some plans for Xavier Woods as a single wrestler. So I possibly see that happening. I, I, I just, the only thing... And it's why, after I think about it more and more, I'm thinking Dewdrop might actually beat Shayna Baszler. And why I'm starting to think that Jinder Mahal will beat Xavier Woods. Because I I don't know, I've just got this thing about, maybe more for the women, heel versus heel. I mean, we see face versus face often, but we very rarely see heel versus heel. So I'm just having a tough time buying into the championship being Xavier Woods and Finn Balor just because of how over both wrestlers are and being tough. Um, So I'm not as convinced that Xavier Woods is going to beat Jinder Mahal as I was when I saw the brackets. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, speaking of Crown Jewel, I guess they have nine matches that are scheduled for the card. They just added Mustafa Ali versus Mansoor. Yes. Uh, I think, in my opinion, like we talked off the air, I think that's possibly going to be the free show match. I I don't know because I think the reason why they added those two is Mansoor's popularity. I mean, didn't he win some, not the greatest Royal Rumble, but they had a battle royal at one of them and he won it 
to a huge ovation from the crowd. I, I mean, so I, I, I'm not... I'm not convinced that this would be a pre-show match. Um, if it is a Lena Vega dewdrop, um, I could easily see that being a pre-show match because I know nobody here is going to give a rat's ass about that match. Right. So you think that, so then you think possibly the Mansoor, um, Mustafa Ali match is, uh, is, um, Crown Jewel show worthy to show on the on the main show. Me no, no, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't even have added a match like that on the card, period. But due to the popularity of the wrestlers over in Saudi Arabia, I could see that match being on the main card. Okay. And for those people out there that haven't been uh, paying attention to SmackDown and Raw with the card, would you like to go over the the card for Crown Jewel? Sure. Um, as you as you just stated, um, Mansoor will be taking on Mustafa Ali. We have the finals for both the King of the Ring and the Queen's Crown tournaments where the men's side is going to be Finn Balor versus either Jinder Mahal or Xavier Woods. And the women's, as we've stated, is going to be Zelina Vega versus Shayna Baszler or Dewdrop. We have Big E defending his WWE Championship against Drew McIntyre. Ooh, excuse me. We have RK-Bro, for those of you living under a rock, being Randy Orton and Riddle, defending their Raw Tag Titles against former champions AJ Styles and Omos. We have the Triple Threat Women's Match for the SmackDown Women's Title, being Becky Lynch, the title holder, versus Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. We have a no-holds-barred match between Goldberg and Bobby Lashley. We have a Hell in a Cell match. Huh? That was the other one I forgot to mention. Go ahead. I'll mention it after after you say the card. Oh, okay. We have Edge versus Seth Rollins in a Hell in a Cell match. And then we have what will more than likely almost positively going to be the main event. Um, Roman Reigns with his... um, Oh, what the hell do they? What the hell does he call himself? Oh, I don't remember. Paul Heyman. Um, he's not his advisor. He's not his advocate. He's whatever. Um, defending his Universal Championship versus Brock Lesnar. Okay. So just by looking at that card right now, and without even seeing any of the matches, what possible grade would you give the? Crown Jewel, with just those matches? Uh, well, a lot of it is going to depend on how the finals um, 
of the tournaments shape out. Because um, that could be, that could determine almost difference of, a, of an entire letter grade. Um, so right now, I'd be looking at overall a B as a boy. Okay. I definitely would go around a B, B minus right now. Yeah, but I mean, if it's Zelina, if it's Zelina Vega um, versus Dewdrop, and it's Finn Balor versus Jinder Mahal, it that brings it down to a C plus. Okay. Alrighty, definitely, uh, definitely see that. Um, like I had said, the one that I forgot to mention to you, what the possibility was, is the other one that they said. Um was what likelihood is it that Keith Bearcat Lee will join the Hurt Business and help Bobby Lashley defeat Goldberg? I honestly think... uh, I could see... Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander getting involved... I I don't see Keith Bearcat Lee joining the Hurt Business um, over in Saudi Arabia. I could see it possibly happening in the future. I mean, like I've said before, I think the way that they're going to do this is they're going to put Goldberg over as being indestructible because there's no title on the line. So I could see the other two guys getting involved. Goldberg outlasting all three. Bobby Lashley getting pissed at Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander because you guys, you weren't able to help me before. You're still not able to help me now. You know what? Here's somebody that I think is going to be able to help me and then have Keith Lee come out. Whether that happens on the next episode of Raw or somewhere down the line, I'm not 100% sure. Right. And if my calculation serves me correctly, didn't Keith Lee beat Bobby Lashley in one match on Raw? When he first, uh, when he first started? or I, th- I think so. I, it was a long yeah. time ago, but yeah, I think so. Right. He hasn't come up on the screen yet. But he sent me a message. He is tuning in. Thank you for one of our new viewers tuning in today, David Pena. Um, big wrestling fan. He said he was watching the show, but he wasn't getting any volume. But I guess he must have got volume while you were going over the matches. Because he said he likes the matches. And he'll give the pay-per-view an A just without seeing it right, right now. So, thanks for tuning in, Dave. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ! Huh? Oh, nothing. I, I've just got the game on the TV across the hall and or across the room, and yeah. you know you. I just turned it off. Well, so you didn't see the no. pick. So you didn't see the pick six by the Cowboys to give them the lead. No, I didn't. Damn and it. then you didn't just see the sixty-five yard touchdown that Mac Jones threw to take the lead back. Come on, seriously? Seriously. Oh, no, sorry, that was 75 yards. 
Jesus. Must have been like the second play after the kickoff. But like wow. this game, I mean, off subject for a moment, this game sucked for the second and third quarter. The first and fourth, <laughs> just, <laughs> holy shit. It just lit it up, huh? Yeah. Wow. And two-point conversion is good. I just saw it, yep. So now they're up 29-26 because Cowboys went for a two-point conversion and didn't get it. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I just saw it, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, I must be, uh, I must be way behind, because I have 26-21 on my screen here. But, yeah, because um, you, you're not watching live TV, you're watching it being yeah. streamed. There he goes, yep. Damn it. Yeah, but, um, the thing is, I believe this is probably, what, the fourth... Fourth show they've had in Saudi Arabia, I think. Um. Third and fourth. I'm. Let's see. Well, the first one. Well, this says first event was just a tour. Um. Let's see. Oh. So they had in pay per view events. They had the Greatest Royal Rumble in April of 2018, then Crown Jewel in November of 2018, then Super Showdown um, June of 2019, Crown Jewel in October of 2019, um, Super Showdown uh, in February of 2020, and then this will be number six. Oh, okay. Yep. So, I'd have to say the ones that I can remember watching, I didn't think they were really that bad because the crowd gets into it. Well, yeah, they do. It's it's WWE wrestling going to Saudi Arabia is like CM Punk re-debuting in Chicago. It'll be the first time Brian Danielson's with AEW if they ever go to Washington. You know, it's 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 like that. It's you know, it's the home crowd technically here, but to them, they only get two. Maybe they'll have a couple. I don't even know if they do a live show or a house show. You know, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, leading up to this, or if it's just one show at home. I don't know, but. They don't get more than three, four shows a year. Right. So you could put a crown, a women's queen's crown finale of Zena, Zena La Vega. Listen to me. Um, Zelina Vega versus Dewdrop, and they're going to cheer. Yep. Let me ask you one thing. Uh, even though we're getting towards the end of the show, I want to bring this up and see what your opinion is on it. Uh, I read somewhere that WWE has canceled their December pay-per-view, which will be the TLC pay-per-view. 
Because I guess they're doing one in January. I can't remember what it's called. Day but, one. Like, I think it's like day one or something like that. Um, it's a show they're doing on January 1st. Yeah. What is your What is your take on them canceling TLC? Because I thought TLC was a pretty good pay-per-view that they've had. Well, after the travesty of one Extreme Rules match at Extreme Rules, I'm glad they're canceling TLC. Okay. Yeah, because they might only have one TLC match. Yeah, that the Survivor Series, and then the next one that they list online is Day One. Okay. So as and that's in now, and that's in Atlanta. On January 1st. Okay, so as it stands right now, as this broadcast is airing, there is no pay-per-view in December. As of right now, no. Okay. And I read because they were doing the day one um, pay-per-view um, in Atlanta that they didn't want to do... A 13th pay-per-view in December. So they wanted to leave it at 12 for the calendar year with Survivor Series being in, you know, November. Um, And then with day one being on the first and then after day one, we had the Royal Rumble. They didn't want to shove that other pay-per-view in. As to whether or not they're still... I did also read that it hasn't been confirmed that they're not going to do a live event from the arena that they would have done TLC from, but it wouldn't be a televised event. It would just be a, you know, WWE Super Show with Raw and SmackDown rosters um, just doing a house show. Okay. So it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, this new pay-per-view in January is going to play out. It is January 1st on 2022. Um, so that means that makes two in the month of January because we all know the Royal Rumble is in January as well. Yeah, I think that one's the 29th. Okay. So we'll have to see what WWE's got planned for this first one of the of the new year 2022 and well it's, you know, it's just new, like uh, it's just like any other regular pay-per-view there'll be feuds there'll be matches there'll be you know wins and losses and count outs and disqualifications it's i mean it's nothing big other than the fact that they're doing it on january 1st right new year's day yep so Alright, so I just want to let everybody out there know that uh, as it stands right now, I guess we got everybody confirmed for Wednesday's um, prediction show. Are you asking or are you telling? No, I'm asking. I don't know. I, I, I never contacted DJ. I didn't contact Tony. And I told you Joe was okay to go, so I don't know. You'd have to know. Well, I contacted DJ. DJ 
Kanye's fine with it. And, uh, yeah, if Tony will have, will have no problem with it either because Tony gets home from work at 5 o'clock, so he'll be able to join us as well. So I'm just looking forward to another prediction show with the guys and see what this pay-per-view is going to bring. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to some of the matches. The two matches I'm really looking forward to seeing are the Triple Threat Women's match and the Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar match. Because now it kind of gives me another... Because we all know beforehand that I've been a big Brock Lesnar advocate when he was there before and before he left and everything. And I kind of like his new look with the cut-off flannel and his jeans and, like you said, those old beat-up boots that he wears with his hair and a ponytail and the beard and the whole nine yards. So I'm definitely looking forward to those. I mean, I'm looking forward to the whole card, but I'm looking forward to those two matches the best to see, um, you know, what's going to happen and how they're going to work the pay-per-view. So anything else you'd like to add, Greg? No. Come on, I on Monday Night Ross, Charlotte Flair versus Bianca Belair. Should be an interesting match. I'm not expecting, uh, to be honest with you, even though she's going to SmackDown, I mean, I know she's going to SmackDown, I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting Charlotte really to win or, or See, do you, you don't expect Charlotte to win? I don't expect Charlotte to win, no. So you think Bianca's walking out with no. the Raw title? Oh, that's right. It's, it's for the title. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, that's right. I just remembered it is for the title. Yep. All right. Well, then that, that puts a different light on everything. So I I think, well, either way, you know, if she wins, then she's a champion. If not, and it's a disqualification or a countout or whatever, It's. I think it's still going to be an interesting match to watch. I think it's going to be a good match to watch. Yeah, the, this... Probably not gonna that, Sorry, go ahead. Finish what you were saying. It's probably not going to be as exciting as um, Big Time Bex and Sasha. Right. I, I the, the, Depending on the way this match goes is going to base my pick on Thursday. Because I could see if Bianca Belair wins to become the Raw Women's Champion, knowing she's going to Raw... And then in the triple threat match, Sasha Banks pinning or tapping out Bianca Belair, causing Becky Lynch to lose. Sasha keeps the title, the SmackDown Women's title on SmackDown. Becky Lynch loses her title and then confronts Bianca Belair saying the only reason why I'm not still SmackDown Women's Champion is because you couldn't. You know, because you took the loss of Sasha Banks and continued their feud that way. Um, and so, you know, that's the way my mind thinks sometimes, so. Good way to think of it. That's why he's the best in business, folks. So, all right, we've come to the end of another live edition of the Top Rope Report. I want to thank everybody who tuned in. You sure you don't want to stay? You, you sure you don't want to stay on the show for another 
24 game seconds to see if the Cowboys hit this game winning or game tying field goal. <laughs> oh, uh, Alright. So on behalf of the notes to Greg, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the top rope report saying we'll all catch us on our pay-per-view prediction show on Wednesday. And it's good! Yes? Hello? Hello? Hey, well, you can't open the door? No, there you go. I was going to say, you're being a little loud in here. Could you keep it down? Should I start yelling Haley's name? Top of my lungs? Yeah, do it. <laughs> Sorry, I was uh, I was just online with the, with uh, three of my friends. Oh, okay. And all three of them are Cowboys fans. Yeah. So the Cowboys just hit a game-winning field goal. So as we were signing off, oh, okay. they hit the game-winning field goal. So that's why I yelled, it's good. Yeah, right when I walked by here, I'm like, <laughs> I gotta say something to him. <laughs> all right, thanks.